Hey, this is Nikki McCrary, lead pastor at Eastern Heights Baptist Church in Statesboro, Georgia, where we exist to be a life-changing church. So as you listen, I pray that you will be encouraged in your walk with Christ and that your life will be forever changed as you grow in your relationship with Him. All right, good morning. How's everybody doing? Okay. I moved my daughter yesterday for the 12th time. I'm with you, okay? I'm tired too. I'm glad you got up, made the effort to be here today. I trust that it will bless your heart by being in the presence of God and his people. I think it will. Uh, you've already uh, watched the video. We celebrate the uh, camp that our kids went to. And uh, I know youth camp's coming up, what, next weekend? And, and then school is going to be here. So first of all, I believe that camp is the most important week of the entire year. It's life-changing, okay? So thank you, parents, for getting your kids there. Thank you, any class or individual who's helped provide a financial scholarship in order for these kids to be able to go. It will change their life. We've already had one that made a profession of faith at the children's camp, and so we are excited about our, our youth going to camp next weekend and then getting back into the groove of things. School is about to start. We're going to be full-blown on Wednesday nights. Again, it's going to be good seeing all that activity, so we're looking forward to that. Well, I'm always excited about preaching God's Word, right? But I'm really excited about this new series called Behind Enemy Lines. It's like I told you last week, it is a doctrinal series, which means uh, we're going to be talking about some key topics in the Bible, and this being one of them. And doctrine is simply basic foundational principles or key truths that we kind of build our Christian lives on. And depending on what doctrine you believe, it really influences and shapes how you end up living out your Christian life. And one of those basic foundational doctrines is that of spiritual warfare, right? But it's also one of the most misunderstood, and it's kind of mysterious in some ways. And so uh, we want to try to unpack and unveil some of that thing. You know, fewer and fewer Christians today are attending Bible study, whether it be in Sunday school or at our home. Fewer Christians are doing that now than ever before in the history of, of churches we know it anyway, right? And because of that, fewer and fewer Christians are learning about these doctrines because they're not attending those Bible studies because that was the main platform. That was the main source of where we would study doctrine and learn the basic truths about God and Christianity. But fewer are learning that. And so fewer Christians are realizing that they are waking up behind enemy lines every single day and fighting a spiritual battle that they really know very little about. Matter of fact, what do I even mean by behind enemy lines in that we're waking up in that place every week? Well, our foundational text today, if you want to look it up, is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I encourage you to do so. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. The Word of God is going to be very important through this series because it is the greatest uh, um, defense that we have against the enemy. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 tells us and explains to us why I'm using this term behind enemy lines. It says, Satan, who is the God, little g, of this world. What world is that? It's the world in which we wake up and live every single day, this earth here. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news, and they don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So our goal in this series, Behind Enemy Lines, is really to gain some knowledge about 
our enemy named Satan, how he operates, all right, how this spiritual warfare works, and most importantly, how we can effectively fight our enemy Satan on this spiritual battlefield that we're waking up in every single day. So we're going to start with this message that I've entitled today, Knowing Your Enemy, and it's part one of two. It's going to take two parts to get through this, and then we're going to move on to some other stuff. So I don't know how long we'll be here, but we're going to be here for a minute, all right? But, um, but today we're talking about knowing your enemy. I want us to learn some facts about Satan and the fight that we face with him. And in the coming weeks, we're going to talk about the weapons that God's provided for us to use against him. And you've heard of some of those, but maybe it's still a little vague, a little mysterious to you. And then we're going to talk toward the end of this series about one of the most important things, and that is practical ways, practical ways that you can defeat Satan's influence in your life and live the victorious life that Jesus wants us to live in his power, okay? So first of all, I feel like I need to demystify this thing about Satan and spiritual warfare and satanic influence. And I, this, just that phrase kind of is mysterious, right? Well, it is one of the more mysterious doctrines. And because of that, there's a lot of different thoughts and things being said about it out there. I mean, it's all over the map. You buy one book, you're going to get this. You buy another book, you're going to get that, right? And it goes without saying, not all this information that you're going to get out there is accurate or true. There's a lot of myths out there about Satan and his influence on Christians. And so even though Google and YouTube may be really great for some things, and I use it a lot, all right, it's probably not the best source for you to get your doctrinal information. So let me help us take some of the mystery out of it using the Word of God. What I found is that there are basically two general thoughts concerning spiritual warfare. Number one is that Satan is not real and that you don't even need to worry about him. Or, number two, that there's, an in, there's, there's a demon behind every bush. Okay, Two opposite extremes. He doesn't even exist and he's everywhere all the time. Right? And when you think about him being around all the time and you see an enemy by, uh, behind every bush, you know, you get focused on the enemy. You get focused on Satan and his influence that he can have on your life to the, to the neglect of what God has given you as victory in your life. Or you just go to the other extreme and you just go, well, he doesn't exist, so I don't have to worry about him anyway. And so either one of those extremes would be wrong for you as a Christian to try to live your life by as a follower of Jesus Christ, because both of those statements are actually inaccurate and they are untrue. Now, most of you have heard of the Gallup poll, right, where they go around and they take polls and ask questions to people all over America about different things. And so uh, they, they ask Christians, they ask non-Christians, atheists, agnostic, they ask rich people, poor people, people of all people groups. I mean, they just ask anybody and everybody questions. So they went out and they asked this question here to the general population. All right. It's the general population. They said, do you believe in a literal person named Satan and that he can have influence on your daily activities in this world that you live in? All right. I was surprised at what they found out. What they found out was over the last two decades, over the last 20 years, the general population in America actually, it has increased dramatically the number of people who believe in a real Satan and that he does have influence on the world that they live in today. The general population. While at the same time, the Barna, 
research group. You know Barna, they are a research group that goes into churches and they poll Christians as to what they think about certain issues. Barna went into churches in America and they asked them this same question, do you believe that the devil is real and that he has influence on the world that you're living in today? Again, I was surprised. What they found out was that there are fewer Christians, fewer Christians here today on this earth in the church that believe that the devil is real and has an influence on their daily life than ever before in the history of church and polling churches about this matter. All right? It's crazy. That's why, in part, I really want to do this series because Christians are missing it. They're not getting it in, in their Bible study anymore. We're not preaching about it. We're not talking about it. And I just felt like we really needed to hit it because he's our number one enemy. Satan, and hear me now, Satan wants to make himself big and bad to a world out there and scare everybody that doesn't have a solution for him while at the same time having all of those of us in the church who do have the solution to believe he doesn't even exist and he's not real and he doesn't influence what's going on in our lives. That maybe something's going on. Well, that was just coincidence. You know, well, that was just bad luck. That was just, you know, that was just too bad. A lot of it is spiritual warfare. We don't even realize it. So as you leave today, I want you to walk away with some truths about our enemy, Satan, and I want you to walk away with a confidence, knowing that even though he's real, you can still have victory, even though you're waking up behind enemy lines every day, because Jesus has given us what we need. He's provided for us, he protects us, and he's given us the power to live that kind of life. So if I could put it in a nutshell right here and right now as we get going on this, is even though you realize you're waking up behind enemy lines, you wake up victorious in Jesus Christ. So we're going to be talking about victory instead of mystery. Okay? I don't want this thing about spiritual uh, warfare and satanic influence. I don't want it to be something that scares you or something that's vague or mysterious. It's not mystery. It's victory. Okay? That's what we're going to be talking about. Because fighting any battle's hard, right? And fighting any, any, any enemy, say that's fast 10 times, okay? Uh, fighting any enemy is tough, but it is really difficult if you're doing it behind enemy lines. Because if you're fighting behind enemy lines, you're not being able to fight from your base camp. You don't have maybe all the things that you think you might need, even though they might be there. You can't get to them. You need to know how the enemy maneuvers around even more so, so that you can outmaneuver your enemy. You know, there's been several movies over the year that's been uh, out about fighting an enemy behind enemy lines, right? Because they're kind of thriller movies. They're kind of exciting, edge-of-your-seat kind of things, and I like those kind of movies. And, and uh, so years and years ago, I don't know how many of you have seen it, and I don't remember the language in it, so I'm not suggesting you go watch it, but it could be a good foundation to help us remember kind of what we're doing here behind enemy lines. But one of my favorite all-time movies period, is Bat 21 with Gene Hackman in it, okay? It came out in the 80s, but uh, anyway, it's about, it's based on a true story of an Air Force pilot who was shot down and his aircraft landed behind enemy lines during the Vietnam War. And then the story goes on and it, it, it plays it out in great detail about how for 11 days he fought and evaded the enemy all the time being behind enemy lines. And 11 days after being shot down, he was eventually rescued, not on American soil, not on American territory, but he was actually rescued from behind enemy lines. I mean, it's an exciting story. It reminds us of where we are. So over these next couple of weeks, I want us to learn 
of what it means to say that we're waking up behind enemy lines and doing spiritual warfare with this enemy that we call Satan. So I want to give you five truths, five truths that you need to know about our enemy Satan, that you need to know concerning spiritual warfare. Now, if you're not a note taker, if you're not a note taker, I want to encourage you to take notes for this series, okay? And the reason why is because a short pencil is better than a long memory. And one of the characteristics of our enemy Satan is that he is a thief, okay? And so the things that you're going to hear today he will try to rob from you so that you cannot remember them, all right? Three days later, you won't remember these five truths. And some of you going, I won't remember them three minutes later, okay? Well, then you especially need to get out a writing utensil and something to write on and take these down. Here they are. Truth number one, the devil is real. The devil is real. Truth number two, even though he's real, the devil is limited. We're going to talk about what those limitations are. Truth number three, the battle is is real. We're going to wake up behind enemy lines every day. We're going to have to fight this battle. What does that mean? How does the enemy attack us? How does he try to defeat us? We're going to talk about that. Truth number four, even though the battle is real, the victory is also real. We're going to talk about the provisions God has given us to fight this battle and how that we can live in victory. And then truth number five is very simple. The only way to lose is to not fight. But the reason we're going to talk about that is because that's what a lot of Christians, especially in America, are doing right now, today. They're not even fighting. They claim to know Christ. They claim to be a Christian, yet they're not even in the fight. They don't even recognize there's a fight going on. They, they have forgotten that they're waking up behind enemy lines. And so we need to talk about the only way to lose this battle is to not fight. We've got to fight. So I hope that you'll plan to be here each and every week of this series. But today's focus is on truth Number one, that is the devil is real. See the, this Bible here. It is our source as Christians of absolute truth, okay? Absolute truth. Now, if you don't know what absolute truth is, it is simply something that is true whether you believe it or not, okay? Or whether anybody else believes it or not. And we certainly live in a culture today where finding absolute truth is difficult, right? There are a lot of opinions about everything out there, and it seems there is nothing that is absolutely true because there's always something that can change that truth, a circumstance or a situation. But the Bible tells us there are a lot of absolute truths. I'm going to demonstrate it to you, okay? It's real simple, all right? I was a chemistry and biology major, so I dealt with a lot of laws, okay? A lot of physics, a lot of stuff like that. And, um, and there are certain things that are true, whether you believe it or not, and in my case, whether I could even understand it or not. Okay, which was most of my classes, all right? But anyway, there is an absolute truth called the law of gravity. The law of gravity. And here's what the law of gravity says that is an absolute truth. And that is, if I let go of this pen that I'm holding in my hand, it will not just float and levitate, okay? The law of gravity says it will drop. Now, did anyone see the pen drop? Raise your hand just to wake you up. Thank God, all right? If you wasn't watching, there it goes again, all right? I would drop the mic, but they cost too much. All right. So now, you saw the pen drop, but did you see the law of gravity? No, you did not. It is unseen, yet it is very, very real. And so is our enemy, Satan. You can't see him. He is a spiritual being, and he's very real. He goes by a lot of names. The devil, the serpent, the enemy, Satan, father of lies, Beelzebub, 
Like in our verse that we saw a while ago, the God of this world, we're going to see in a minute, he's called Lucifer. Whatever name you use, the Bible says he is very real. Now, he's real whether you believe it or not. He's real whether anybody else believes it or not. He's real no matter what poll you take, okay? The Bible says he's real. So over these next few weeks, I want to teach you about the origin of our enemy, Satan. That is, where did this even battle even come from, this spiritual warfare thing? Where did that even originate from? I'm going to teach you about the essence of this spiritual war. That is what it's all about. Why are we even fighting in this thing? Why are we waking up behind enemy lines? And then finally, I want to teach you about the relevance of this spiritual war. That is why you should care. Because I mean, if it doesn't impact your Monday morning, what does it matter? Why, why should you even care? But I think you should care. I think it is very relevant. And I think at the end of this series, you're going to care a little bit more and it's going to be even more relevant to your life. All right. So let's talk about the origin of this spiritual war. Satan, the devil, his first name was Lucifer, right? Now, many of you who have been to Bible study, you'll know some of this, but I recognize that there's a lot of people who don't. And that's why we're going to go through it. But Lucifer was here. Most Bible scholars believe before mankind us were created. Lucifer existed. He was around, we know, at the creation of all things. And it's a little bit mysterious because we don't really have the timeline in which he was created. But we know that even though the Bible doesn't specifically say when he was created, we know that he was created at least by the seventh day. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 21, it puts it this way. It says, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. Everything completed, including the creation of Lucifer, who we know now to be Satan. So all angels were created. Now, the prophets write about this. The prophets Ezekiel and Isaiah, they write about the creation of angels. Again, this is another doctrine that's kind of mysterious. A lot of books out there about it, a lot of information. But if you haven't read Ezekiel 28 or Isaiah 14, you might want to go and read. This is where the prophets talk about the creation of angels. And so in these two books, the Bible describes Lucifer as an angel. This means that he was indeed part of God's creation. He was created as an angel, but he was no ordinary angel. He was created for a very specific purpose. He was created for the purpose of being a worship leader in heaven as part of the angelic host. And the Bible describes him as being beautiful, as being an angel of light, as being a shining star. We know the Bible tells us that he had been given incredible power uh, within the ranks of angels. And we know from that that not all angels are created equal. There is rank and file with angels. And so the Bible describes Lucifer as one of the highest ranking worship leaders in heaven past. That's who the Bible describes Lucifer as. It also says that he was beautiful because he was covered with many gems, uh, many jewels. He was beautiful to look at. And he was the one responsible for bringing honor, praise, and glory through the angelic host to God Almighty. But something happened. Something happened in heaven that twisted Lucifer's mind into thinking that he could become not only just like God, but become more powerful than God, right? We, we know this story. And so at the very moment that Lucifer felt that in his being, he was cast out of heaven. God cast him out of heaven, and the Bible says they, he was cast down to earth. Let's read it together in Isaiah chapter 14, beginning in verse 12, if you'll look at that. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. It says, How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, 
son of the morning. You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, and this is the reason why he was cast out, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. And so here's where we find the very essence of this spiritual war. It's a worship war. It's a worship war. Who will we worship in our hearts? Will we worship the one who is truly God and the one who is worthy of our worship? Or will we change our mind much like Lucifer did and say, you know what? I've got a change of mind here. I'm going to fill myself with pride. I'm going to lift myself up. I'm going to say, no, I won't worship God. I want to be worshiped. I want to ascend to the high places myself. I want to be the one that everybody's focused on. Look at verse 14. Satan said, I will climb, or Lucifer, I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Right there it is. There's the essence of it, the origin, where it all started. I will be like the most high. Instead, God said, you will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths. This is what the prophet Isaiah tells us about the origin of Satan. He tells us how it happened. And in all likelihood, like we said, it all happened before mankind was even created. Lucifer was thrown out of heaven, but not only Lucifer. Lucifer had influenced, the Bible tells us, at least a third of the other angels who had been created in heaven. And he had influenced them to think and be like-minded like him in thinking that they too could become like God or greater than God. And so what the, the scriptures teach us is those who aligned themselves with Lucifer, those who had the intention of being God like himself, they were also cast out along with Lucifer. They were all cast out of heaven. And so this makes up what we call the demonic realm, Satan and his demons. They're nothing more than fallen angels who were once created to worship God. They were cast down out of heaven because they rebelled. They were cast down to this earth. And it is in this earth that we wake up in every day that they live, that they reside, and that they function in spiritual places. We're going to be talking more in the future about what those spiritual places are. But they were created by God, Lucifer and the angels. But instead of worshiping God, they rebelled against God. Did you realize that Jesus was there when that happened? I know that's kind of mysterious and hard to think about because we think of Jesus being born in, you know, uh, a stable, laid in a manger and Christmas and all that kind of stuff. But Jesus was there when this actually happened. Luke chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus himself speaking says that he saw, he saw Lucifer cast out of heaven like lightning. Now, I don't know about your house last night, but we had quite the show over at our place. I mean, lightning was everywhere. It almost was as good as our fireworks show, right? But uh, lightning was popping everywhere, and it just reminded me, first of all, how quick that flash is. I mean, it's just sometimes milliseconds or a second, maybe at the most, and then it's gone. And it just reminded me that that's what happened when Satan... Lucifer decided that he would go up against God is that God in just a flash of a moment like a lightning bolt stripped him of all of his power of all of his authority and cast him down from heaven and it should remind us how mighty God is today so now we have this clear picture that the world that we wake up in every single day the world that as Christians we find ourselves waking up to is a world that is behind enemy lines, and that we wake up fighting a spiritual war against fallen angels, Lucifer and his demons, whose primary objective is now, 
what they were originally created for. They want to prevent us from doing what they were originally created to do, which was to worship God. They want to, these demons, prevent us from doing what we were originally created to do, and that is to worship God as well. So anytime Satan and his demons can prevent us from worshiping God, he is one. He is one. But that's not how God wants it. You see, we don't even see Satan showing up until Genesis chapter 3, right? He's not in Genesis 1. He's not in Genesis 2 during all this creation. It doesn't even talk about Lucifer being created as part of this angelic host. We have to get it from Ezekiel and Isaiah. So, so what's going on? Why does he show up in Genesis chapter 3? Well, here's why I believe he showed up in chapter 3. It's because that's when mankind showed up. That's when mankind showed up was Genesis chapter 3, right? That, that's us, mankind, created beings. And the reason why I believe he shows up in chapter 3 is because mankind is the only thing that God created, of all the things that he created, that he created what? In the image of himself. We were created in the image of God. And so as soon as mankind showed up on this earth where I remind you, Satan has now been cast down to, that's, this is where he is living and functioning we find out, I believe, that Satan hates the image of God so much that that's why he showed up at this point. Because it reminded him, mankind reminded him of what he had been created to do, yet he had chosen not to do. And it reminded him that he had gone up against God and had lost. And all of those who now have the ability to give allegiance and worship Almighty God, which is now mankind, they were the only ones that were created to reflect the image of God to a world that needed to see a beautiful God. That is something that he did not want to happen. And he is fighting against all the time. He is trying to prevent that from happening. And so this is the essence of spiritual warfare. Lucifer is cast down, who's now become the serpent, who's become our enemy. He wants to get Adam and Eve created mankind. He wants to get them to raise themselves up above God, just like he did. And guess what happened? He succeeded. Look at it with me in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse, um, beginning verse 1. It says, the servant was the shrewdest of all the wild animals. I want you to underline this. The Lord God had made. So right there again, confirmation that God created Lucifer, who is now a fallen angel called the serpent here. One day he asked the woman the serpent did, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat from the uh, fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And look at this. And you will be like God, which is exactly what he wanted. Knowing both good and evil. So Satan wanted to be like God. He wanted to be worshipped like God. And now he wants you and me to do the same thing. He wants us to make ourselves like God. He wants us to make our world about us. He wants us to have our world revolving around us and everything that we think we ought to be. He wants us to lift ourselves up and our own desires above his desires. That is the essence, folks, of spiritual warfare. It's not that complicated. He wants us to sit on the throne. He wants us to be number one in our own lives. Verse 6, look what happened. The woman was convinced. 
She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So see, it, it wasn't just about the fruit. She wanted the wisdom. She was convinced, hey, I, could, I can kind of get some of this too. Be like God. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate too. At the moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And so those of us who have been in church a long time, we, we know this story. We know this is both the origin and the essence of spiritual warfare because it is right here in Genesis chapter 3 that humanity is broken and fractured. Right here. It's called the doctrine of sin or the origin of sin. And it is from this point on that all of humanity is born into sin. We're all born into a broken and sinful place on this earth with what the Bible calls a sin nature. We're all born in this world that God intended for us to be beautiful and to be great. All that was stripped, all that was lost when the origin of sin took place. And so in essence, we realize today, if you didn't realize already, we were actually born behind enemy lines. You were born behind enemy lines. You were born in a fight, this fight we call spiritual warfare. And for the entirety of the Old Testament, we see Satan or Lucifer walking in authority that he was never intended to have. But you know, those of us who know this story, we know that it doesn't end there. We know that is a part of God's beautiful plan, right? So I hope that you will be back next week. We're going to look at some, some of these other four truths. I don't know how many we're going to get through. We only got through one today. But at least we know a little bit about the origin of Satan. And I really hope that you will be back. I hope that you will invite someone, a neighbor, an associate, a friend, somebody who is interested in this subject. Say, you know, our preacher over our church, he done lost his mind. He's talking about the devil. He didn't talk about the devil over at our church. You ought to come hear about it because I think you, you know, never mind. Anyway, um, invite them because we want to learn how to fight with confidence on this spiritual battlefield that we're waking up to every day. So here, here's the deal. Here's the takeaway for today. You're going to leave this service and you're going to walk out into a world and into your life. And I hope that today you realize as you walk out, you're walking out of into this world behind enemy lines. That's where you're going to spend the rest of your day and this evening is behind enemy lines. And God willing, you're going to wake up tomorrow morning on Monday. You're going to wake up behind enemy lines. That's why they call it Mad Monday or whatever they call it, right? But you're going to wake up behind those enemy lines. And I hope that you'll realize more so today and tomorrow than you did before that Satan is your enemy. You're waking up behind enemy lines, and Satan is the enemy that you're fighting. And, uh, folks, I want you to understand something. Satan hates you. He hates you. You know why? Because you remind him of God. And he hates God because he lost. That's where you're waking up. But I also hope that you'll realize that Satan made a choice. Satan made a choice, and he made the wrong choice, and he lost. You and I, we still have the choice today and tomorrow to wake up and to walk out these doors living with a choice to worship Almighty God and to give allegiance to him and to not live for the enemy even though we're living behind enemy lines. That doesn't mean we have to live for the enemy. We can fight, and we need to fight, and we will fight. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for the truth of your word today. 
that teaches us that we do have an enemy. He is very real. And Father, at the same time, that enemy is limited and he does not have authority and power over us, yet we have the authority and victory to live for Jesus even this day. And that is what we intend to do. I pray for every single person here or who might be watching that they would just make the commitment right now. Maybe they've forgotten that they wake up behind enemy lines. Maybe they've forgotten who the enemy really is. We think our enemy is ourselves sometimes. We think our enemy is our wife or our husband or our kids or our parents or some teacher or a coach or some circumstance in life or some situation that didn't work out like we think. We think that's our enemy. But we are fighting against not flesh and blood but against Satan. So we pray today that you would help us to walk out of here victorious, not in our own power, but the power that Jesus gives us. And it's his, in his name that we ask it. And all God's people together said, amen, amen. Let's all stand together. Let's sing in victory as we leave today. We hope you were encouraged by this message today. If you would like more details on our church, please visit us at ehbcstatesboro.org.